Hey, I'm Donnie Spano, and I welcome you to Faith for Today. And today we're looking at a particular topic here, and I'm believing together with you that uh, we hear it right, and I thank you for your faith in believing with me to say it in the right way. Uh, apart from the Lord's help, it will not be done well. And I'm thankful He never leaves us, He never forsakes us, and He is here in the midst of us helping us. And so we're looking today again at humility. Now let's look together at Matthew the 11th chapter and verses 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And Jesus gives us a directive here to learn of Him. You know, this is something we can do throughout our lifespan, that we can continually learn of Jesus. And he starts telling us in these verses, we'll see, what we'd be learning as we uh, accept his invitation here. And so here in verse 28 says, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. People don't realize it. They, all of us, are laboring or have labored. And uh, he's giving us a way to rest. You'll find that in these verses. He says if we would answer this call and this invitation, we'd find rest. What? It doesn't mean we won't have things to do, but it does mean that what we do will go further and the taxing effects will be less. And the reason why it's been hard on so many is because they're opposing the right way. They're going against God's way. And they're wondering, well, why isn't it working? Why isn't it working? Because he's been trying to get us to go that way for years. And I know um, elders that we've had years in the ministry. Um, my father of my faith, a gentleman by the name of Keith Moore, uh, pastor over Faith Life Churches, Branson, Missouri, and Sarasota, Florida, and uh, oversee traveling ministry as well. But the Lord has enabled them to do much. And I remember him talking about early days of their ministry where financially they're not in a good spot. And the Lord started impressing upon him over the course of years to go out and go minister on the road. At the time, he's helping Kenneth Hagin Ministries and Monday through Friday working there as, as staff. And, and so the thought of working that full-time job and then going out on the weekend and doing more work seemed not like something you want to do. And he said... You know, it's if we look at it as this is just us, this is just our thought, then more often than not, if we don't want to do it, we just cast it aside. And so what's going on is the problem's not fixed. The finances aren't changing. And finally, after a course of a couple years, coming back to it, Lord, I know this isn't right. I know this isn't you. He, he said he, he's talking with the Lord, and the Lord showed him. He brought this back, and he said, I, I, I repented, he said. He said, I, I realized, Lord, that's you. That's you. 
He said as he looked back at it, it was like the Lord would bring, he'd ask God for the help and the answer, and the Lord would bring it up, and then he would set it aside. So he's looking for an answer with one hand and resisting with the other. How far can you and I go? If we're connected with God and God's trying to bring us this way, but we keep pulling, pulling and going this other way. What are we doing? We're being obstinate to the way. We're rebelling against the one who's to lead us in the way. And Jesus, obviously you and I are going to be tired if we keep opposing the right way. Why? Because it's not effective. If the Lord's not building the house, we can labor and labor and let. Guess what? It's, it's no use. It's in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, he who labors, labors in vain. And it's why many professed believers are tired. And it's why many have said they've been burnt out doing ministry. They had to go beyond what God told them to do to burn out. And it's in these verses. Let's read them. I don't want you just getting my opinion. That's not what I'm giving. Let's read the scriptures. And he said, Jesus is telling us, Come to me. Come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? More burden. I'm going to load you down. Because if you're going to follow me, if you're going to accept my invitation, it's going to be hard. Because the way of God, the will of God, it's hard and only hard. No. I see it right from here. I will give you rest. If we're not finding rest, we're not fully giving ourselves to the Lord's way. If we're not finding the rest, then we're resisting. We're opposing. And it's not the enemy we're opposing it's God. If we're not finding the rest, we're not fully entering into trust. And he continued, and he said in the 29th verse, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. So if we answer this call, and we determine we're going to be like Jesus. And that's, if you and I profess to be Christians, that's what it is. It's the lifestyle of being more and more like Jesus. More and more like the Christ. Like the Anointed One. It's not just some little uh, grouping that we put ourselves in. That we assent or uh, agree with these beliefs. No, it's more than that. It's a livelihood. It's a lifestyle. It is a being. You and I, when we are made like the Christ, the old is dead. The old is gone. It's not just adding ourselves to a club, my friends. It is completely renovating. renovating completely being made new. It is reconstruction. You want to be made like the Christ? You're going to be made new. And that is, there's nothing greater if you don't know Jesus than to have this fresh start. And just in a moment's notice, you can do that. There are people, going to a church does not 
recreate you. Hearing these things does not recreate you. But when you believe in your heart that Jesus took all the wrong and made it right for you and, and for me, and you accept Him as Lord, you believe in your heart that, and then you accept it, and you're willing to say, Jesus, I want you. God, I want you. And I give you the place to tell me what the way is to go. I make you the ruler. You can have the way in my life. When you do that, you set yourself on a path completely separate from what you've been on. And it is the way of humility. Because we must present ourselves to Him, set ourselves under Him, and allow Him to rule if we're going to have His narrow way and lead us through the remainder of our life. And He will not enforce us to do this. But that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is to be recreated. And that's how simple it is to find the way, the perfect way. And um, if you've gotten off track, it's that easy to get back on. And for, I just shared with you, um, that's what our, my father in the faith, he shared about his experience. And God, as soon as he made that change, they started going out and ministering on the weekends and they'd travel and go to churches. Sometimes they'd travel across and go to the other part of the nation. And, you know, God added to them a nice airplane. And man, they'd fly 12 hours just to get to California. And they'd, but God, He said that immediately. It was like day after day after day, God would speak to them something new about faith for finances and showing them revelation regarding what was needed in that area of their lives. Why? Because they made the determination that if God wants us to travel, we will travel. If God wants us to do that thing, we will do that thing. Whatever the cost, whatever it takes, God will have His way. What is this takes humility. It takes willingness and it takes obedience. But when you and I do that, there is rest. You enter into a place where there's no concern, there's no stress, and although pressures can push and push upon you, it just doesn't get in because you have already determined, I'm not my own. This, I'm not, I've been bought with a price. I'm a bought man and a high price was paid. Jesus was paid for me. You see this? You see this? This has been a, a high price was paid for this being, for that being. Too high a price to go just any old way we want. No, we are not our own. And that price was paid, a high price, because there's a high purpose. But that purpose is in Jesus, that purpose is in this humility. That purpose is in the way of learning of Him. Putting His way over us. Allowing Him to lead us in His way. And we find rest like no other thing or place can give when we enter in there. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to our next place. We have talked about this in length. Please make avail of these resources. There's more free of charge to you. You can find it on the 
uh, Faith for Today broadcast. You can find it on our website. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. Get a hold of it. Maybe your friends, maybe your coworkers need to get it. Get it to them. Free of charge. And now, how are we looking on time? Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'm going to read to you another verse in connection. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus was tempted in all points, and yet he did not sin. One of the ways that he was tempted was the pride of life. The pride of life. In fact, go with me to Luke instead for a moment. Go quickly to Luke chapter 4. Thank you, Lord, for more than enough time in this broadcast to get everything we need to get. Luke 4, and let's start in verse 1, but we will condense this for the time. Great chapter. When you get to time, take a hold of it, read it. And we find here Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. He returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And it says in the second verse, being 40 days tempted of the devil... And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. So he has gone long without food. He's weak physically. And at this point, Satan presents himself. And the third verse says, he says to him, If you be the Son of God, so he's questioning, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You want to know your way out? It's in the scriptures. That's why you and I, every day, take the time. Read the word of God. Let it get in our spirit. Let it get to a place where we can exercise faith in it. And that's where Jesus found his answer out. And the fifth verse says, And the devil, taking him up to a high mountain, he showed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is what Jesus came for. He came to be king of kings, king of all kingdoms. And Satan takes him up and shows it to him. And let's see what he says. And he says, and the devil said to him, all this power. Now, this is also uh, authority. This. Yes, sir. Um, but he says, all this power will I give you now. If he couldn't do this, if Satan couldn't give this to him, it would not have tempted Jesus. So there really was an exchange that happened when Adam and Eve yielded and ate of that forbidden fruit. They gave, they leased to the enemy of our soul and they gave power upon this earth. And this power, he's saying, I'll give you and the glory of them for that is delivered to me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If you therefore will worship me, all shall be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get you behind me, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So he's tempted with this pride of life to have this place and authority over all kingdoms, which Jesus knows is his purpose. But Satan is trying to get him to take the shortcut. Take the easy route there. Don't sacrifice. 
Don't suffer for it. Don't lay your life down. Don't trust God for it. Just yield to me. And you and I will be tempted by this pride of life to take the easy way, to get hardened, to get disbelieving, to doubt the process. You have to think, he has not eaten in 40 days. He's tired, maybe maybe lonely, and in this place. He's being pushed and he's being prodded, what? To take the easy way out. And it will be no different for you and I. But we have the helping of the Holy Spirit. And we have this way that as soon as we yield to Him and we put ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we find strength to go through every single temptation. And that pride of life can look so big to us. And we'll have the way out just like Jesus. We'll find God faithful and He'll make the way of escape. Now let's go together to uh, John. 1 John 2 Chapter 2, verse 15. And this will bring light to those other verses we just read. 1 John 2, 15. Thank you, Father. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We are so blessed to have these scriptures in our hands and before our eyes. We are so blessed. Thank you, Father. And here in 2.15, 1 John 2.15, it says, Love not the world. Or you could say, don't love the world. Why would he say this unless you and I would be enticed to love the world? Love the glamour, love the glitz, love the shining lights, love what's in it. He said, don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. We don't love cars. We don't love houses. Any, anything is not worthy of love. It's, there's no life in it. There's no life in that vehicle. There's no life. The life that's in that home is because you and I bring it. A house is not a home. Can you see this? There's no living inside of a house. No, it's what's brought in. It's what spirit resides there. It's no different than our bodies. What spirit resides, a recreated one inside of that body, will make a big difference than an old sinner that knows nothing of God. No, it's what inhabits the house. And so he said, don't love the thing that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, how much? All of it. Everything that's in the world, the lust, or you could say the desire of the flesh, and the lust or desire of the eyes, and the what? The pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And this is where we'll be enticed to get what we want, to get what we want to look at, to get what we want to feel and enjoy, to get this pride of life this purpose and position. So many, they've dreamed of having that, dreamed of doing that. They've envisioned it for year after year. And the enemy's going to come and go, here, here's the quick fix to get it. Here, I'll show you the quick route. Let me give you a shortcut. And he, 
he's not going to come up where you and I realize offhand. We're going to have to check inside. We're going to have to realize, is this God? Is this out of love? Is this respectful? Is this reverent of God? Would I have to step on someone to get this? If I do, it's not Him. And this is what we're going to find. Go with me now like we were going to go before 1 Peter 5. And I believe for time's sake we won't go to the other, but James 4 is a great place to go to find similar in what we're looking at here. 1 Peter 5, 1, verses 1 through 11. We're going to look at a self-check, a humility checklist. And in our age here, we are so fortunate to have checklists. Um, my wife Tamara and I, we were just mentioning the other day that there have been, over the course of time, mishaps, errors have occurred. And so even in the medical surgical realm, they have decided it's now imperative here in the, the U.S. and in, in the States that we take time and before every procedure, everybody stops. And we're going to, again, make sure, this is our checklist, do we have the right patient? Do we have the right procedure? Do we have the right limb, right? Are, if we're removing a foot, are we supposed to remove the left one or the right one? Do we have the right medications? Is, do we have the right allergies? Do we know? Can you see this? What are we talking about? Checklist. Why? Because people have not done this and it's caused problems. They thought they saw it right and they were missing something. They thought we're supposed to take the right foot and then they're coming back going, what did we do? That was a healthy limb, and we took the good one, and now we're going to have to take the other. And it has created, this is why. Uh, I've had some training in aviation and um, in flying airplanes. It's a good thing to have a checklist. When we're flying well and good, that's great. You know, and there's things that we'll look at, what we need to do to, to do that well. But if there is an emergency, you can fly and fly and fly, and you don't see emergencies. You don't have, you know, hopefully every time you go up in the air, you don't have an engine go out on you. That's not a good thing. So if that happens, we need to be prepared. We need to know where do I need to go to see what I need to do. Do I need to get that part of the airplane neutral? Do I need to put the power back? Do I need to, you know, give some of the aileron control? What do I need to do to get this thing in right order? And you and I have to check ourselves when it comes to pride and humility. Because the nature of the flesh, and that is for any person. You and I, when we get born again, we don't stop having a flesh selfish nature. It will always be there. Jesus didn't want to be crucified. And when he was tempted beyond measure, he's sweating blood. And he comes to the place and point where he says, Father, nevertheless, he, he asked, he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. The cup was the cup of the Lord's fury. When he was passing the cup around at that last supper, 
he was very, this was symbolical because in the old covenant, they were, they would talk about the cup of the Lord's fury, God's anger. And he drank from that cup and he was saying, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, your will, not mine be done. Did Jesus have a selfish nature? Yes. Yes. He did not want it. He didn't want to go that way. He didn't want to do that. But because of you and me, he said, Lord, I will. For you, I will. For them, I will. He humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And you and I have that same selfish nature. And if we're not resisting pride, we will be proud. If we are not humbling ourselves, God will not humble us. He will not enforce us. And that pride will have consequences. And the consequences are death. The consequences are failure, unsuccessfulness. These are consequences of pride. God has to resist pride. I'll bring that back. When we started this series, he told me he only has one response for pride. He has to resist it. He has no other option. And so if you and I are not resisting the pride, we will be resisted of God. And he also said, he said, many people have thought that there's this in-between that, well, they may not be humble like they should, but they're not proud and they're not in pride, so they're just in-between. He told me, he said, there's no in-between. If you don't humble yourself, you're in pride. There's no in-between. So this is our checklist. Go ahead and look at it again with me. And, and I say this because... You and I, over the course of our lives, may find a time, just like if you're in an airplane, that you're preparing for the worst case scenario. If I find selfishness coming up strong in me, I need to come here and I need to go, hold on, hold on. Is there any of this pride that I'm letting come up and work in my life? And these are indicators of it. So let's look at it. First uh, verse of First Peter 5. And Peter says, by the Spirit of God, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Notice again, willingness, not constraint, not enforcing. Not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be what? Clothed with humility. So we're talking about this. Keeping ourselves enclosed in this humility. Why? Why? It's telling us here in this verse. For God resists the proud, 
and gives grace to the humble. We don't want to be resisted. And yes, we need and yes, we want more of God's grace. This is the way we get it. There's no other way to keep from being resisted by God and to enter in to receive more grace. This is the only way. And he continues and says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. So we must humble ourselves, or we will not be under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt us. And it continues in the seventh verse, Casting all your care upon Him. So if we are still worried and anxious and going over and over, if we're still so careful, we have not humbled ourselves. We are in pride. He said, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. So we're not just idly standing by. We're not just doing nothing and wasting time. We are vigilant. We are ready. We're prepared for good work. Whom resist, speaking of the devil, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So if we are resisting someone else, if we are resisting other people, if we're resisting other places, we have not humbled ourselves. Again, this is another check in our humility checklist. If we're going to self-check, then I'm not to fight a person or a place other than the enemy who is the devil. I need to resist him steadfast in the faith. Continuing in the ninth verse, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. To be so selfish to think I'm the only person who's ever had to deal with this. I'm the only one who's had a loss like this. I'm the only one who's been hurt like this. I'm the only one who's been lied to like this. I'm the only one who's been taken advantage like this. It is in pride still. self ish, self-minded, self-consumed. It's still refusing to have humbled ourselves. No, in all actuality, the things we've experienced, the things that we need to resist the enemy because they're not good. They're not God. They're not of Him. So we resist the enemy in whom they come through. Those kinds of things... You and I can look round about and across this earth we have brothers and sisters in the Lord who have had the same afflictions accomplished in their life. Tenth verse. But the God of all grace, hallelujah, who has called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while. So if we're not willing to suffer the persecution, if we're not willing to go through a little hard time for the good thing of God, we have not humbled ourselves. If as soon as it gets hard, we retreat and we stop and we quit, we are still in pride. 
we are still self-consumed. We've refused to humble ourselves. But if we're willing to suffer a while, it says He would make us perfect, establish, strengthen, settle us. Hallelujah. To Him be glory and dominion forever. Excuse me, forever and ever. Amen. This, my friends, is our humility checklist. And on any given basis, if we're sensing that we're talking too much about ourselves, thinking too much about ourselves and how things are affecting us, you know, a lot of our problems would just simply go away seemingly if we would forget about ourselves, look beyond ourselves. And if we would look at this and check ourselves in these regards, we'd find whether we're in a place where God through Jesus could give us rest, or if we're still opposing His way. Hallelujah! And as we do this, my friends, I sense it even now that there are shackles broken, that there is rest, there are prisons that are being absolved, completely diminished, and Satan is losing hold, grasp, and ground in our lives. Because we give no place. God is willing. I'm sorry. God is able to have His way. We just simply and easily yield. And if He wants us to go that way, it's a done deal. And as soon as we do that, we put ourselves where He can exalt us in due time. He can give us more of His great grace and ability and Satan time and time again is failing in touching our lives and in being able to have his influence. And you and I, we're more near to God than we have ever been. There's no greater place to be. Hallelujah. My friends, if you have not partnered with us in this ministry, we invite you, we ask that you consider it. Ask God about it. If you'd partner with us to get these words across the earth, we are here to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, and we're so thankful we can. We love you, we bless you, and we will see you soon.